once again welcome and greetings from Elfie's World, the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and you know, maybe, maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Wow, I am so glad that you decided to join us. Now, today, we are presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. These are, well, they're true stories, which have often been excluded from the pantheon of history for, well, for whatever reason. My name is Alfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. This is episode number 36, and it is entitled, Egypt's First Female Pharaoh. So, kick back, relax, <laughs> and enjoy was the very first female pharaoh to rule Egypt. Now, Cleopatra, well, that would be a very good guess, but it wasn't her. Oh, no. To find the first female to rule Egypt, one must go back more than 1,400 years before Cleopatra's reign. Her name was Hatshepsut, and here is her story. Now, Hatshepsut was a fascinating woman. She was born around 1507 BCE. Now, her rise to power was a bit complicated, so you're going to have to follow this narrative very carefully. Hatshepsut was the oldest of two daughters born to King Thutmose and Queen Oms. She had a half-brother named King Thutmose II, who was born to King Thutmose I and one of his lesser wives. Now, as was the custom of this day, even though she was only 12 years old at the time, Hatshepsut married her half-brother, Thutmose II. When Hatshepsut's father died around 1492 BCE, Thutmose II became pharaoh and she became queen of Egypt. It was with the death of Thutmose II in around 1479 that her stepson, Thutmose III, became pharaoh even though he was only an infant. Well, in accordance with the traditions of the time, Hatshepsut took over the role of regent. Now, a regent was someone who was appointed to rule a country for a child monarch until that monarch came of age. Well, after a short time, Hatshepsut took the unprecedented step of assuming the title and full powers of Pharaoh for herself. Thus she became co-ruler of Egypt with Thutmose III. Now, did you follow all that? Well, good. Ah, but was Hatshepsut successful as Egyptian Pharaoh in that, that male-dominant society? Was she able to accomplish any benefits for her country? I mean, how could she, 
a woman have possibly succeeded? Well... Now, where was I in this tongue-twisting tale of power? Ah, yes. Hot Shupsut did indeed take over the rule as pharaoh. Though many Egyptologists held that it was merely the queen's ambition that drove her, more recent scholars have suggested this move to power might have been due to, well, a political crisis, such as a threat from another branch of the royal family. Hatshepsut may have been acting to save the throne for her stepson. <laughs> Whatever the cause, she did indeed assume power. Now, early on, she realized a woman would never be totally accepted as pharaoh in Egypt. Understanding that image in ancient Egypt was everything, she ordered that all depictions of her, including any images or sculptures, portray her as a male. Now, these portrayals would give her oversized muscles and a beard. She even went so far as to wear a fake beard whenever she appeared in public. However, there are still some surviving images of her which show her in her traditional female regalia. She also emphasized her royal lineage as a way of justifying her power. To further solidify her hold on power, Hetshepsut surrounded herself with her supporters in key positions in government including Senenemut, her chief minister. Now, some have suggested that Senenemut might have been Hatshepsut's lover, but little evidence exists to support this claim. As soon as Hatshepsut gained power, she undertook many very ambitious building projects, especially in and around Thebes. There's little question crown jewel of all her efforts was the spectacular memorial temple in Deir el-Bari. Many historians consider it one of the architectural wonders of ancient Egypt. Hatshepsut also worked very hard during her reign to increase trade with other regions. She initiated a trading expedition which brought back vast riches, including ivory, ebony, gold, leopard skins, and incense from the ancient land of Punt, which was located on the Horn of Africa. Hatshepsut died around 1458 BCE, when she was just shy of her 50th birthday. Like so many other pharaohs, she was buried in the Valley of the Kings, in the hills of Deir el-Bari. Before her death, she had her father's sarcophagus reburied in her tomb, thus reuniting them in death in a further attempt to legitimize her reign. After her death, Thutmose III took total control of Egypt and continued to rule successfully for another 30 years. However, later in his reign, he did everything he could 
to erase all memory of her, including having many of her sculptures and images destroyed. His intent seemed to be that of showing a continuous line of male leadership in Egypt. As a result, scholars knew very little of the existence of Hatshepsut until 1822, when they finally began de decoding the hieroglyphics on the walls of Deir el-Bari. Even when famed British archaeologist Howard Carter discovered the sarcophagus of Hatshepsut in 1903, it was empty. Finally, in 2007, a team of archaeologists at long last discovered her mummy. Today, it is housed in the Egyptian Museum in Cairo. Now, one of the few life-size statues of Hatshepsut to have escaped the destruction of her stepson is on display at the Metropolitan Museum in New York City. Despite efforts to erase her name from history's records, Hatshepsut will go on to be remembered as the first female ruler of Egypt with a reign which was successfully spanned over 22 years. The likes of her would not be seen again until the rise of Cleopatra almost 15 centuries later. Amazing and royally true. Well, there you have it. Episode number 36 entitled Egypt's First Female Pharaoh. Now, it's part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, every week, we feel privileged to present for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, as a listener to this program, hey, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the original publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. And that includes free shipping and handling anywhere in the United States. Now, for more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D. That's elfiesworld.com. And click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Hoyne Tomish for the Piano Introduction. Edemizic for breakfast piano jingle. And finally, the 
thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning.